Sarah Chilton Kranz, a survivor, thriver, adventurer, and believer in all things possible. My mission is to guide others to live their life boldly, regardless of circumstances. I believe we all have the power to overcome and lead joy-filled, happy lives. Recorded from the trail or in my office, I share inspiring stories from everyday people because we all deserve to be heard. You will also hear from handpicked professionals ready to guide you beside me. Are you ready? Let's do this. Just one of the few reminders, on November 2nd, I will be giving a TED Talk here in Manhattan Beach, all on forgiving. November 3rd, we will be doing an all-day forgiveness retreat with Travis Barton, Jenna Reese, and myself at the base of Mount Baldy, and um, it's going to be absolutely phenomenal with breath work, meditation, coaching, nature therapy, hiking, just all the things, and so please be a part of it. I was just up there this weekend with, actually, who will be my next guest here, Asia Simonelli, and we were doing canyoneering and... And breath work and meditation and coaching and all the things. And it was absolutely phenomenal and beautiful outside right now. The leaves are turning and it is just gorgeous. And so please be a part of it. Um, you can find all the links in my website. Also, during this next podcast, you are going to hear a few things in the background, just like we sometimes have noise in life. Unfortunately, there is an awful lot of construction happening here around my office space. And so you may hear a few things, including the nice sound of my grandfather clock, which that I appreciate. So please uh, just try and focus on the words and not all of the other things, the noise, the distractions that are happening outside of my office. Um, my apologies, but that is life. So enjoy. This is Asia Simonelli, and we are talking divorce and the process what we learn, how we trust, all about boundaries, and um, really stepping into your adventurous life post um, the devastation of, of uh, for her, finding out the betrayal of her husband. And I do share a little bit in here as well. So I look forward to staying and connecting with all of you and uh, reach out with your thoughts, with anything that you would like to share, your learnings from this podcast. You can find me on my Instagram, Facebook, you can find me through email, all the ways. Have a great rest of your day while you are listening to this. Hello, once again, everyone. We are here with Asia Simonelli, and I am so excited to share her story with you. Um, Asia and I actually just returned from a retreat at the base of Mount Baldy, where we were doing canyoneering for a day, which was just spectacular. And then we did some hiking and breath work and all things transformational with a bunch of women, a group of women that are going through divorce. And um, Asia has her own story about divorce and her, her own transformation through it, which has, um, which really gave me a lot of inspiration because we are very much alike. So I want to bring her into the conversation, all things divorce um, her learnings, uh, her own, what she steps she took in her transformation through the divorce process and into her single life. And now where she's at right now in dating. Can we talk dating Asia? Is that okay? Yes, we can. Uh, of why not? <laughs> I love talking <laughs> dating. <laughs> um, you are such a beautiful soul. Number one. I just want to tell you that she, Thank Asia you. is an extremely sweet, pure woman, which is as you all know, those people, um, anybody that knows, I work with people who I 
adore, and she is she's one of them. So, Asia, I would like to start out with: Can you give us the backstory of your uh, relationship with your now ex husband, and then also what the process looked like? What brought you to divorce, and then also you know your divorce process? You can share whatever you want from wherever you want, whatever is touching your heart right now, in hopes that it will also because it will touch all of those that are listening. Absolutely. Okay. So I was with my boyfriend. We were living together um, for eight years before he proposed. Um, So we had a very long relationship, like living together. I essentially felt like we were married. And then we got married after nine years. So for me, there wasn't this I didn't think it was going to make a a big change or shift, but I really wanted to get married. And I was just trying to be as patient as possible because I didn't want to pressure or force something if it wasn't right. So when we got married, um, it came as a huge shock to me that two and a half, two and a half months into our marriage, my new husband told me we had made a mistake to get married. Mm -hmm. So that just came out of the blue one day. um, And Honestly, I, I mean, you can imagine my whole world was flipped upside down. I hadn't even gotten all the thank you notes out yet. I was still really in that newlywed space and he didn't give me a reason other than we made a mistake. So from that moment on, I just started to question everything and it wasn't a straightforward, um, seamless divorce process. I, I'm not sure what divorce is, um, but for me, what it looked like was a lot of back and forth, a lot of, um, you know, are we staying together? Are we not? You know, I said, you know, you, this is your decision. Fine. You get to file and you wouldn't file. So I was in this limbo land for about nine months, um, before I finally, um, actually caught him with another woman. And that's when he finally filed for a divorce. And, um, So this was about a year and a half process. And this is when I really um, had some of my lowest lows, um, but also like turned to coaching, therapy, meditation. This is when I really started to meditate. Mm. Um, I was just doing anything I could to make me feel better, like exercising multiple times a day. Like I was just trying to get myself into a place of you can do this, keep moving forward. And part of my journey was I just started asking myself, what makes me happy? Like, what makes me happy? And um, I realized that travel is what makes me happy. And I decided to just do more of that, do more of what makes me happy. I realized my, my job wasn't making me happy either. I was just, this process, as you know, makes you question all aspects of your life. And it really can transform your life like into something completely different. So I decided to save up. I moved back in with my parents. We didn't have kids. So I really just was able to eventually cut him out of my life. We can talk about that later, but it Mm -hmm. took a while. Um, And I quit my job and I bought a one-way ticket to Quito, Ecuador, (laughs) (laughs) because why not? And I backpacked for a year. I journeyed from Ecuador up through 10 countries by bus. And I finished in Mexico City, which is where I now call home. And I just started over. I completed completely just started a new life for myself where now I'm coaching and doing the things that I love. And um, 
I'm now with someone else who I love very much, but you know, it took years to get to this point and a lot of healing, but really like in a nutshell, that's, that's my journey. Wow. It's, it's incredible. And it's, it's interesting because the whole thrown on the backpack of stuff that you need and only want and, um, that are necessary. And then just like hitting the trail. I get that sort of sister. Like I totally get that and letting go of the stuff that doesn't serve you. Right. Like that's so metaphorical. Yeah. So I want to go back to the beginning, if you don't mind. Um, I get asked this a lot. Did you know, did you know, were there any intuitive hits that you had along the way of the betrayal or that, that there, he was with other women, um, in my case, men, um, I get, I got asked this this morning on another podcast. Well, like, were you under a rock? Well, like, did you know? I'm like, no, I wasn't under a rock. I was living my life and doing all of the things that for me was, um, was being a mother and a partner and a friend and a sister and a daughter and all of, all of the things I was there. He wasn't. So I want to go back to that place with you, your intuition. Were there any hits along the way that, that you felt where you're like, Hmm, yep. Now I can see that. I would say the biggest moment that stands out to me was actually the day he proposed. Um, I had so much anxiety going into it because I didn't know if he was going to propose, but I felt like he might. And, you know, it's hard to differentiate between anxiety, like excitement and fear. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, I guess I just thought like, it's normal to have nerves. It's normal to have nerves. But when he actually proposed, I just started bawling and I was just like shaking And the whole rest of that night, like I couldn't even eat my food. My stomach hurt. Like Ah. I literally, my body was like freaking out. And I just said, okay, these are nerves. But I remember waking up in the morning being like, should I be feeling like this? Because I had so much anxiety, so much anxiety. And I chalked it up to, it's normal to feel anxious. It's a, it's a big life change. Um, You know, you hear about like wedding day jitters, all these things. So that stands out to me the most. And if, you know, I could go back, like I would have listened to that moment there. I mean, there were other things along the way, um, like smaller things. And, you know, we started dating when I was in my early twenties and there was just a lot going on with like, um, me being, you know, suspicious and jealous of some coworkers and things. And ironically, um, the person I caught him with was someone that was working for him. So I don't know. And the beauty of what I decided was for me, my boundary was I didn't want to know any of the stories, mm-hmm. any, anything that happened in the past, because I just knew it was enough, like that we were going to close this chapter and just move on because I deserve so much more. So there were moments along those um, nine years, like looking back, yes. But you know, what have I, what I have actually like left still probably not because um, well, A, I needed this relationship as part of my journey. It really did mm-hmm. serve me. And um, B, I didn't know all the things I know now. I didn't know about like narcissism, codependency. Like I, th- my therapist helped me so much uh, when I was going through this process, helping me understand like maybe why I was with this type of person and how to heal those wounds. It's so fascinating because I, you know, you're, we talked about this this weekend with the women. Um, the way that you handled that in the moment was like, okay, that's all I need. I'm done. And listen, there is, it's, everybody's journey is different. What people need in that situation or any situation is very different from the person sitting to the left or to the right of them. Um, or maybe not, maybe it is the same, but for me, I needed to know everything. I was like, give it all. I need, I mean, that's just how from, from my own healing process, um, that's how I operate. And 
for those listening, understand that there is no right or wrong way to this. The journey is yours and how you maneuver through all of it. Just continue taking the steps forward and understand that there is no right or wrong way. There's only forward, right? And sometimes we do step back a little bit, but then we always move again, you know, towards what we need in life. Um, And I also love how you said, I don't know if I would have ended it. I probably wouldn't have because this relationship served me. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's, that's a part of your growth and that's a part of your journey. And I agree with you. I mean, I had, I had my own intuitive hits along the way where I went, oh, that's what that was. That's what that was. And let me ask you this. And I agree with same here. I, I, when I questioned and I was told, no, you're just crazy, man, did I learn a lot about like gaslighting and manipulation and all of the things, you know, to serve me now today. Um, What's interesting though, also is I have to ask you on this intuition for today, how has that, what you now know as intuitive hits past then, you know, back in the past, how has that helped with your intuitive hits where you're at right now in your new relationship? Mm, That's a great question. Has it strengthened them? Has it, um, has it, has it allowed you to grow deeper into what your intuitive hits look like today? Definitely. Yes. And there's a difference, which I feel like I'm constantly working on of listening to my intuition and knowing when something triggers me just because of my past, right? Mm -hmm. Like my current Mm -hmm. relationship Mm -hmm. is not my past relationship. That much I know, that much I can clearly I say, and I'm certain of. So, you know, it's, it's a thing when we start dating and things trigger us, really being able to understand and differentiate between, you know, is this, is this right or wrong? Like for you and, and the intuitive hit, trusting yourself, or is it really just bringing up like um, something from your past relationship that's still triggering you and that you still get to work through and grow from? Right. Right. That's yeah, definitely. We, we've talked a lot about that intuitive hit and, and also trusting, like being able to trust yourself and, and that gut within. Um, so let me ask you this. What was it like, what made you decide to throw the backpack on and just take (laughs) off? Because what was your, what was your profession before? I was a brand manager for a corporation in the beauty industry and um, really, yeah, just working that corporate job, traveling a lot, got to go to fashion week. just kind of like a very different life to the life I'm leading now, actually. Right. I know. That's why I'm asking. I'm like, what the heck, girlfriend? Like, like not many people put the heels down and then they're like, well, you know what? I am out. Like I am throwing the pack on and taking off. Where um, did that come from? I, <laughs> well, so okay. awesome. so thank you. I've always loved to travel. I grew up traveling like family vacations. You know, I remember going Um, with my family to Australia when I was 16 and just getting like being really fortunate enough to explore. So that's always been ingrained in me. You know, I've always loved exploring other cultures. And so since I felt like I was giving, giving, giving in this past relationship, I didn't realize this until afterwards, but I realized I lost a bit of my identity and who I was along the way. So I wanted to go back to like, who am I? What do I love? What do I need right now? And so through all that spiritual work I was doing, you know, first I actually, during the divorce process, I asked my friends who can go to Nicaragua with me for a couple of weeks. And we did like a couple of my girlfriends, like we went for almost three weeks and we just went to Nicaragua and I started meeting people that had backpacks on or that were teaching yoga at a hostel 
And I said, like, how are you doing this? Like, mm. it blew my mind. I'd never met anyone who was living out of a backpack and just living a simple life because my life was all about like all the things, like living on the beach, having a nice car, like the nice job, always having my nails done. And so I was kind of just shocked. And then I realized I was just so drawn to it. There was something that was so different about it and so adventurous and so just unknown that I was drawn to it. So I kept asking people what it was like when I was on this little um, kind of like trip during my divorce that when I came back, I decided just a few weeks later, like, I'm going to try that. I'm going to try it because I love travel. And what I'm doing right now is not like working. Like I don't have any reason to stay in San Diego, which is where I was living at the time. Like nothing's holding me back. You know, I don't Mm -hmm. see myself like necessarily anymore, like working up this corporate ladder. Like I've always been looking for more money in the next promotion and it wasn't fulfilling me. So I said, like, let's just try something different. You're no longer married. You, you, you're no longer like portraying what I wanted to portray was like this perfect image, right? I was really hung right. up on that. So that since everything came crashing down after that, I was like, this is the perfect time just to do whatever I want. And I'm gonna try that. Was your perfect image for a reason? What was that about? Um, that's just something that I've um, really like struggled with in general. Like I've always felt like this, um, comparison and just always that people were kind of looking at me. You know, people had told me like, wow, you're, you know, you're so put together or you guys have the perfect relationship. Mm-hmm. You look great together. Um, I mean, we did, we had a lot of fun together. Don't get me wrong. Like those like nine years were actually pretty fabulous. Um, so for me just to have gone through like this beautiful, like wedding, the ceremony, the exchanging of the vows, all the things to having to admit that it was over. Right. Like I felt like that was just, you know, I had a lot of shame around that. Right. How did you deal with the shame? Um, (laughs) um, I, at first, you know, just kept it inside. I didn't tell anyone. I didn't tell my coworkers. Like I kept going to work. No one knew. Wow. Um, Talk perfect image. Seriously. I didn't even tell my parents. Like I didn't tell anyone for a little bit. Cause I was like, I'm going to fix this. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? We go into the fix it mode. We can fix it. If I fix it, like it never happened. We never even had this conversation. Right. Exactly. Oh my gosh. So keep going. Sorry. No, it's okay. It's so true. So, um, finally it just really just became too much. Um, also at the time I was, um, 32, 31, 32. And I didn't know anyone who was going through divorce who had been divorced. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I don't think anyone can even understand me. And then I realized one of my coworkers actually had been divorced and we were like getting closer and closer. I thought she was an amazing woman. And so one day I asked her out to happy hour and we got to happy hour and I just started crying and she's like, what is wrong? And I told her I was going through a divorce and what was happening. And she was like, oh my gosh, Asia, I had no idea. How are you coming to work? <laughs> literally had no wow. idea anything was wrong, which validated. I was just literally had these walls up. It was like this mask, right? Of like, everything's fine. Holding on to my old identity. Right. Um, and so anyway, once I started to share, it gave me like a little bit more confidence to continue sharing and it didn't happen overnight. It probably took uh, a year 
or so before I finally, um, I actually just posted a blog on social media that was like, uh, I don't remember the title of it now, but it basically was like, I'm, I'm divorced. I'm quitting my job and I'm going backpacking. <laughs> can we put that in the link? We're going to put, give that to me and we'll put that in the links everyone. So you can read that. Yes. So that was like my biggest. So I went from not telling anyone to like baby steps of telling coworkers, mm-hmm. um, you know, getting the family involved and everything. And then finally just, um, announcing it to strangers on social media, whoever wanted to read. I'm like, this is my story. Here it is. That's awesome. I did that same thing. You know, it's interesting because um, the, the perfectionism, uh, totally get that. I mean, I was like the the mom, <laughs> the mom who, you know, took care of the sushi parties and, and had kickball tournaments and like, you know, we were integrated in our community. And so for me to come out and say, yeah, this like, guess what guys, my marriage wasn't even my marriage, you know, it was like, what the heck. And so just trying to deepen that understanding with self and acceptance of, of that situation. And then being able to say to others, okay, here's the, here's what's going on in my life right now. Um, and, uh, holding on that, to that shame is really, it can be very toxic. Mm-hmm. And, um, remember we were talking about holding on to anger is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. And being able to go through that process of healing is huge. And just letting go of the shame and saying, yeah, this is, this happened. Like this was a part of my journey. Just like you said, like it did serve me. Right. My perfectionism was around baking pies. I felt if I like kept baking pies, that everything was good. (laughs) You know that. You know that. I know the pie story now. You know the pie story. And for those that don't know, I love making pies. And, uh, and for me, it was like that tradition. I believe it goes back like deep into my own family roots of pies made me feel good. And so, you know, if you came to my house for Thanksgiving, I had multiple pies and, uh, you know, every time that, that I would start feeling that way, I'd be like, okay, I'll just make a pie. It just sounds so crazy, but we all have something if it's knitting or like, I mean, who knows, right? So, well, that um, just reminded me of what I was going through in the beginning. So I was really into running at the time, um, right before, like when I was engaged, you know, I ran the Boston marathon. Um, so I was still kind of keeping up my running fitness and on New Year's Eve of this year, um, days before he told me we had made a mistake to get married. uh, My best friend and I decided we were going to run every day in January, no matter what, every day, Mm. minimum of a mile. And that was so powerful. It helped me get out of bed and take that step every single day, like metaphorically and actually taking a step every single day. And I remember one day just being out there with her crying while running, but my best friend was with me every step of that. And I never gave up. I never stopped running, even if I ran only one mile because I was crying and tired and needed to go back. That really helped me keep going too. That's yeah. So I have a question for you. What, what in terms, was that your main like physical process of healing? Because we all have different processes, right? Like mine was like hiking and, you know, running and hiking, you know, paddling and the things, but what was your main like physical process that you, that you really leaned into? Cause your healing process was rather fast too. So how did you do that? What was your, um, what was your, your tool? I should say. So within that first year and a half before I left to go on that um, trip, I was running. I also was part of a running community. 
And I would go, I had two different fitness studios. One that I would go to that was like hot yoga, um, yoga sculpt on the heat. Sometimes I would take two or three classes back to back. Don't necessarily recommend that. It was extreme. Mm. Um, And I got into dance again. I grew up dancing and I like went to a dance studio and that community of women was so supportive. I remember, uh, wow, like dance. That was something that came back up for me, it resurfaced because it was something I used to love doing. And I, and I was like, why, why not? So I started taking um, hip hop classes and awesome. even ballet. It was just all about moving the body, right? Yep. So everyone has their own way of doing it, but I was all the time, all the classes, anything, as long as I was with the community, I don't think I really did anything alone. I never wanted to really feel alone because I was alone with my own thoughts, you know, crying on the floor enough. So when I was out, I wanted to be with other, you know, women, just like releasing endorphins and I don't know, just getting sweaty. Right. Well, and that's a, that's a huge somatic healing. You know, um, I encourage all of my clients to get their little booties up off that couch and to go and do something. And I would say, move the body, slow the mind, Mm. allow yourself to um, somatically heal because trauma, trauma actually stays, as we all know, within ourselves and our cells hold on to that trauma. And so being able to move, to like to really drop into our body and out of just our headspace, we, uh, we, that's where we can actually um, have our feelings. That's where we actually can connect and to, and to begin to have clarity around certain situations. But if we're sitting stagnant on a freaking couch, we all go through processes like this. It happens. I had days like that. We stay in our headspace. And then that story just continues to just flow, flow, flow. And when we can actually drop in, drop into our bodies and allow it to, to, um, to receive, right. That's when we actually begin that big healing process. And yeah, oh man, I would run into, I ran into a lamppost once, literally. (laughs) Did you know that? Ran straight into a lamppost because I was just running and healing and doing my things and just allowing myself to drop in and all of a sudden, bam, took out a portion of my shoulder, but oh my gosh. you know, just kept going because it was like, I needed that as well. It was like, that was my, that was my allowing my trauma to release. And, um, and it worked and it worked. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a hell of a process and it works. It, it so. is. And it does. And when I stepped on that plane, I was shaking. I don't want anyone to think mm-hmm. like it was easy. Yeah. It's yeah. um, just continuing to take those steps forward. So even if it's something which might feel like small, like, you know, going to that yoga sculpt class um, or going for a, a nature walk or something which I did, which was extreme, leaving everything behind and traveling solo for a year. Um, wow. Like adventure, right? Just getting out, like pushing yourself a little bit, even if it's just pushing yourself to get out of bed, like that's where the growth occurs. And I don't even realize, I don't think I was realizing it was, you know, helping or, I mean, I felt it in the moment, right. I would feel good when I was doing those things, but I didn't realize what a profound impact all of it was having until really after the fact. Massive profound impact. Cause here you are now on Saturday, pitching down waterfalls with other divorcing women. So <laughs> you don't know where it's going to guide you to like your own healing. We, we sometimes are unsure of where it's going to take us to. And that's the beauty of it too, because that's allowing yourself to be open to receive whatever it is that is meant to come your way. Exactly. So I have a question for you. So you've mentioned this like a few times, um, excitement and fear. How do you differentiate the two yourself? Mm. I, I really like breathe into where it's coming up in my body. Um, 
when I'm like really dreading something and it doesn't feel good, I normally get something in the pit of my stomach. But when I'm really excited about something, yeah, there's like this tightness and pressure in my chest, but it's almost like a good thing. It's like, it kind of like the way the energy is moving, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Or it could be like butterflies in the stomach instead of like a pit, like a rock hard pit. Um, So (laughs) just getting this like understanding, right? Like you could do this test with something simple, right? Like thinking about how you feel, um, right. You're, you're going to give a Ted talk. Like I'm, I'm sure that is like very like mm. exciting for you and a bit scary. So, you know, how does that feel in your body and knowing like, it's okay to be scared and do it anyway too. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay to be scared and do it anyway too. And, and, you know, it's interesting. I, I asked that question because, um, for me, I know like in listening to my own intuition, so much of it, when I was going through this divorce process, I actually had to step back and say to myself, okay, am I, am I feeling like excited here? Or is my like deathly afraid? And, um, and understanding the both of them and being able to exactly what you said, like step, like feel into your body and really, really be able to take notice of where it's coming from. And it made all the difference in the world. I wasn't, I was like, well, I, and, and also it's about like, we're told that we quote unquote should be something like you should be afraid to jump on a plane and to go do that. And in reality, maybe you're just a little bit different, right? Like maybe your emotion is a little different with it and you're actually, um, the excitement's coming through for a different reason. And so it's, you know, we really need to, as women going through this divorce process or men going through this divorce process to, um, to be able to sink into our body and be able to listen to what's coming up, listen to what's coming up. So huge. You just reminded me of something that I want to share really quickly. When I was on this journey, I was taking, you know, buses everywhere. And two months into my journey, roughly, um, we were going to, I met someone, a a girlfriend, and we were traveling and we were going to take a night bus. And before we got on that night bus, like all day, I was like, I don't think this is a good idea. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right. And she was like, Asia, I've taken like so many of these. They're fine. It's safe. It's fine. But over and over again, this is a thing. It was persistent. It was a persistent, like Mm. gnawing, nudging thing that Mm -hmm. wouldn't go away. And that was the night that my bus got robbed at gunpoint. (gasps) So, you know, (laughs) wait, were you on it? I was on the bus and, um, it got held up and a man with a black mask and dressed in all black got on with a gun and started shooting inside my bus. Wait, are you serious? Mm-hmm. Okay, I didn't know this. I what? It's, it's uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it happened. And so, so ha- okay, I I'm processing this right now, as I'm sure everybody else is too. So, um, wow, in that moment, were you like, I knew it? What oh, yeah. came up? <laughs> I dove underneath my seat. Uh, I was in the back of the bus, fortunately, and my my friend and I we both dove under our seats, and there was just shouting in Spanish. Uh, some gunshots and shouting. And I speak Spanish, but in that moment, I didn't understand anything that was going on. And I just kept thinking, I never should have gotten on this bus. I never should have come come to Colombia. But everyone said was right. Like, I was just panicking. Um, You know, like, I'm gonna, my parents are gonna be so upset, (laughs) all these things. And then I just realized they were robbing us, you know, because at first, I didn't know what the intention was. It was, you know, it could have been a lot worse. And no one got hurt. And actually I didn't even get robbed. So I came out of this completely protected and safe. Wow. Um, 
definitely uh, someone watching over me. But that the fact that it happened so early in my trip really helped me to remember like, hey, this is your intuition. It serves you. Listen to it. Like, don't get on the bus if it's, I feel like it's telling you not to get on the bus. Wow. Yeah. You know, they say uh, the universe will continue to hand you what you need until you see what is, you know, what you really how does it go? The universe will continue handing you whatever it is um, until you until the lesson is learned. Until yes. you're like, okay, yes, now this is your intuition, girlfriend. Like, listen to it and use your voice. Use your voice and speak up and say, nope, I'm not doing this. Doesn't doesn't matter. Don't care. No judge. Don't care about the judgment, right? And so right. that's amazing. I need. To, I can't. I just literally can't imagine. It's so funny how we all have so many different stories and different experiences that we've lived through. And they just, you, you can't even, you can't even fathom sometimes. Um, and also they just keep coming out. It's like, Oh, I didn't know that about you. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I yes, It's a a good, uh, party story, you know, like dinner party, like, guess what happened to me? (laughs) Right, right, right. Guess what happened to me? Yeah. This did happen to me. So let's talk, um, we, can we talk a few minutes for a few minutes? Um, can you hear my grandfather clock in the background? Yes. It's reminding me of my youth. Yeah. I, so I, anybody that listens to my podcast, my grandfather clock for some reason, every single time goes off and my grandfather clock is, uh, reminds me of my grandfather. So he, he's my, it's, there's a whole thing behind that. And so, um, I'm always saying, Oh, thanks grandpa. Yeah. He is my connection. Um, So let's talk. I want to talk about something here, which is uh, boundaries and trust. How did you regain your trust into, how did you listen to and be able to get trust, feel trust again when it comes to, came to your relationship that you were in now? Um, How did you rebuild trust within yourself and be able to trust others? (laughs) Let's start Uh, there. Okay. It was a process and first of all, it was with a lot of compassion. I'm also someone, right? We talked about perfectionism, so I can be really hard on myself. Still to this day, I get to catch myself, stop myself when I'm just really being hard on myself for like, just, I don't know, not having noticed something sooner or whatever it is. Um, So having compassion and then just doing these, you know, when I was traveling and doing all these things I never done before, that's when I realized I could trust myself because I was getting to know what it was like to just be me, not me and someone else. So I learned that I could be okay on my own and not only just be okay, like it was actually really fun being on my own. And, you know, I got to decide, you know, where I was going the next day. And and I made all these decisions myself, all these seemingly small or big decisions. And they all just gradually just kept building that confidence and that trust in myself again. When it relates to men specifically, I definitely didn't trust men in the beginning and I was not intending to date. I was not intending, I wasn't looking for anything. And when I started going through this process, when I was like traveling, whether it was, you know, in another state or in another country, that's when I felt kind of safe to explore what it would be like to, you know, like even just like kiss another man, because Mm -hmm. for me, I was like, we're not going to see each other again after this. So what does that feel like to me? Um, you know, what kind of people am I interested in now? Like after being with someone, you know, for so long, you, you kind of just forget what it's like to be out there again. And it can be really scary. So to your point, it's, 
really was all about learning how to trust myself first mm. um, before trusting anyone else. Um, like, you know, I would say I trusted people, but it, I wasn't always really trusting them. There was a bit, right. I was always that skepticism there. Right, right. Of course, of course. Yeah. And, and being able to listen to that intuition and trust your own intuition and what your, what your heart is saying and what your mind is saying and your spirit and your soul and what you need. Yeah. It's, um, for me, it's, I, yeah, the whole trust thing is uh, something that I've been working on a lot and, um, it's kind of fun. It gets to the place of like, okay, wow, this is kind of cool. I can trust people more. Like I can trust myself and I can trust other people around me. And it's pretty rad. It's pretty rad when you can get to that place. Yeah. And the work never stops, right? You said, you know, you're still doing it. Me too. Every single day. (laughs) Every day. I always love that when people say like, wow, you have such a great, like, I can't believe you're you're just so strong or you, you know, you've come through all of this. And I'm like, okay, because I work on this every day. This is not, this is, it's not just like book closed, right? You keep writing and you keep going back and doing the chapters and, and this is, this will never end. It's like, it's like saying, uh, you know, I don't even know what it's just, you just, it always continues. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating. And it's not, you know, it's a good thing. It's like, you're constantly learning more about yourself and you can do it in fun ways. You know, it's, it's, a, yeah. it's like having a spiritual practice is fun. Having a coach is fun. Like going on these retreats, hosting them with you. Oh my gosh. So fun. And as these so women fun. are learning and as my clients learn and grow, like I'm always learning and growing, you know, it doesn't stop because when you stop growing, I mean, what you're dead. So keep right. growing, keep evolving and your life is going to transform in so many beautiful, unexpected ways. Yeah. And play along the way. Like play, 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 yes. play, play, play. Let's go back to that inner child and just really have fun with it. That's for me, like, I, so I ran into this couple um, last night and I was having this conversation, deep conversation with them about uh, her shame and, and just, it was really insanely powerful. I might, may just have to do a blog post on it because it was really, really powerful. But she actually said, she asked me, she said, well, how old are your children? And I said, oh, 28, 18 and 13. She goes, wait, how old are you? And I said, I'm 46. And she's like, what? And I said, this is what happens when you do the work and you live in happiness. Like joy comes through. It's not, it's, it's like, imagine you're standing next to somebody that's angry and you're standing next to somebody that's joyful. Which one do you think is going to be somebody that you want to be more drawn to? Right. And it's, it's because allowing yourself to get to that space of play and joy and happiness, you actually get a little younger. Like you go back to your younger self. And so it's, it's cool. It's a beautiful thing. Laughter has been a huge part of my journey. I love, I mean, in general, I love to laugh. And as you heard over the weekend, we were doing something at the end, part of our closing where, right, the women were going around and and saying what they saw in each person. Someone called me quirky and I was like, yes, yes. (laughs) Totally owning my quirks, right? I'll take that. I'll take take that quirkiness. Totally. But like not making everything so serious. Right. Absolutely. Not making everything so serious. Okay. So I do want to have one more very quick, serious conversation with you, if you don't mind about boundaries. Um, and you know, boundaries, I'm curious how they allowed, how did you, how did you set boundaries going through this process so that you could heal and also could be in a joyful state and could do the things that you wanted to do moving forward in your life? Um, how, what are the, what are this? Just give us a couple of, ex, of, um, couple of examples. And also just like, how did you do this? 
Okay. So like I said, uh, right away, I hired a somatic therapist because I just wanted some Mm. sort of support. And this is before I knew about coaching and honestly, always having a therapist and a coach. Yes. I'm doing a dance right now, actually. I literally (laughs) am. I'm sitting in my chair and I'm like booging because that's spot on. Good job. Thank you. Check. So (laughs) she really helped me with the boundaries work, like getting that started because that wasn't even something that crossed my mind before. I didn't realize how I was maybe just letting people walk over me or just people pleasing and not really standing my ground. Mm-hmm. Um, so one thing that I was fortunate to be able to do was since we didn't have kids, I was eventually able to go full no contact um, with my ex who's a narcissist. And if you learn about narcissism, um, they do recommend going no contact if you can, or just in certain, like wherever you can. Um, because of how they really kind of keep coming back to make sure you still care and then they pull away. And so what was happening to me, which was actually driving me crazy was during this whole process, like I would, he would reach out to me and I would respond to a message and then he wouldn't write back. It was just like, it was literally just, I felt like I was in this, I don't know, other world. I was where is he? Like he's here, then he's not. And so it took months and months and months. It's, it can be one of the most difficult things, but I finally, um, once we were done with the process and everything blocked him from every avenue. And that was setting a firm boundary. Like I'm not letting you into my physical space, mental space. Like we're just done. Mm-hmm. We're done. And for me, that, that was huge. Um, and it felt really crazy because, uh, you know, we create all these stories in our head about why we can't do that or why we shouldn't do that. But really that was the biggest boundary I think I could have ever set. Um, and then, you know, just, um, on social media, since I am active there and I was sharing my journey, I had to have, um, separate conversations with certain people like his mom. Um, she was commenting on all my posts still because she was very sad about what we were going through, you know? And, um, you know, she was like another mother to me back then. And she, I just said, please, like in, in my healing process, can you please stop commenting on my posts because it's triggering me and it's making me think of, you know, your son every single time. And if you can't honor this, then I'll just need to unfriend you. And we just can't, you know, be in contact on social media anymore. And she respected that boundary. Um, so those are some that I set really up front. And Good then, for you. thank you. And then I'm sure there's been so many more along the way. Um, but those were like big ones because they were the most triggering up front. Right. And that's huge for the foundation for your own growth moving forward. Like you have to get yourself safe and you have to in, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, and setting boundaries is the way to do that. Um, you know, allowing yourself to detach first uh, from the person that is hurting you most um, is key. That is, you know, that is key. And so, um, you know, one of the things that you mentioned was he would come in and he would, uh, you know, you would respond and then he would just like go away. Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you've ever heard this term, but it's called love bombing. Do you know love oh, yes. bombing? Oh, okay. yes. <laughs> I figured so. So for those that are listening, um, love bombing is where the individual will come in and they'll give you all the things that you need just enough, just enough so that you stick around and then they depart. And it's, um, it really whacks with you. It is a form of manipulation and uh, massive gaslighting and massive narcissistic behavior that is not fun to live through. And so being able to understand that that's what that is, that that is actually a thing uh, will hopefully help a few of you out there. Um, It's like, and it's also like ghosting, right? People come in and they're like, they're there. And then all of a sudden they're not. It's just like, it's ghosting is a form of manipulation. 
Right. So and you might be like, what did I do wrong? What's going on? Why would he do this to me? Blah, blah, blah. But really, I mean, it's not about you. And it's not about you. Mm-mm. You really, what can you control? I mean, you can control how you respond. So for me, it was just not responding. It was okay. <laughs> Setting that boundary done. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And um, it, that if that means blocking that person, if that means having a very upfront conversation of what you will tolerate and what you won't, because as we all know, you teach people how to treat you. And sometimes the most difficult thing to do, I know for me coming out of my relationship, because I do have children, I had to reteach him how to treat me because guess what? I am no longer your wife. I am playing a different role as a co-parent. And so there were different, there were different boundaries that were then set different rules that had to be abided by. And it's, um, it's hard. It is not easy, you guys. And the results are completely worth it because that's where your freedom lies. You mm-hmm. have got to set the boundaries in order to live in the way that you choose. Life is a choice, like living in, in how we are every single day. There are choices to be made and we want to live a healthy life. And you have to be able to set the boundaries in order to do that. So um, there was one other thing that you said too, which was the narcissist your ex-husband was a narcissist and you are completely a beautiful empath. And for those that don't know, narcissists love to feed on empaths. You are that bright light and you feed their narcissism because that's what they need. And so being able to, you know, draw that line and, and be that, that hard, strong woman and saying, I'm not tolerating this anymore. And um, being able to walk away and set that boundary of this is, this is how I will, this is what I will tolerate. Yes. And giving to yourself, learning how to give to yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Doing that before you really go back into giving again to your next relationship or whatever it is, learning how to give to yourself first and treat yourself well and really love yourself up because you're, you know, if you're anything like me, you're used to like giving, giving, giving to that other person. Mm -hmm. That was me too. Always. I love giving to myself now. It's so much more fun. (laughs) Yes, you do. It's so much more fun. I'm like, yes, I will go to Bloomies and buy the dress. Yes. (laughs) We were having this conversation because I bought a Bloomingdale's dress for my TED Talk. And I was like, holy crap, man, this was more expensive than my wedding dress. However, (laughs) understand I got married back in 1991. So it's like the look on your face, you were like, wow, how much was your gown? I'm like, no, 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 no. Remember, I got married in 91. So was it 91? No, 95. I got married in 95. Same dip. It was the 90s. So things were not as much money. (laughs) (laughs) But I love my TED Talk dress. It makes me feel good. So, um, okay. I um, I wanted to end with one more thing. And uh, this is a question that has come up over and over again. Oh, how long should you wait until you date? <laughs> Is that not hilarious? Oh my gosh. Wait until you date. I get asked this all the freaking time. And I'm like, I have my answer. I'm curious what yours is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There is no clear cut timeline. It's so funny. I remember reading Cosmopolitan back in the day. It was like, however long your relationship was in years, that's how many months it's going to take you to heal. I don't know wait, why that what? stuck with Yeah, I know. <laughs> Holy moly. No, 
It was something like that. It was some mathematical formula. But you know what I heard? I heard as long as your marriage was, it's half of that time that it's going to take you to heal. And I was like, 17 years. I'm not very good at math, but that's a freaking long time. Yeah. I was like, no, uh-uh, not eight and a half years. Girls getting older, girl is not taking that long to heal. No. <laughs> yeah. So that's your but here you go. Like you, how quickly are you ready to like? say enough is enough, set those boundaries, and then really start focusing on yourself and your own healing journey. Because um, I know people who have like jumped right into the next thing. And there's a lot coming up for them along the way now because they didn't stop to heal. They didn't stop to get to know themselves first. And really what I tell my clients is date yourself first. Yeah. Okay. See, that's what I was going to (laughs) say. Date yourself first. Yes. Like it's so fun. So fun. And it might feel awkward and, but you really get to get to, you get to know yourself all over again. And it's so important to know who you are now before you go on dates. Because if you don't know who you are, I mean, like what kind of person are you going to attract? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know what you want and what you're looking for and what you're calling in, like you get to do all this work and it's, it's beautiful and important and, and shouldn't be skipped. But so once you do this work and you start to date yourself and you're feeling confident in that, like, okay, now let's take a look at what's that next step look like for you and dating and how do you want to approach it? Oh, amen, sister. Amen. Uh-huh. I get it. I, um, buy yourself some flowers, you guys, like go have, buy yourself a glass of wine and sit at the beach and just like allow yourself to sink in and date yourself for a little bit and, um, and really find out who you are thousand percent agree with you thousand percent agree with you it's so much fun play with it right and you know it's interesting because we have we have to do that also because there's so many times where I've had clients say to me I ended up in three relationships and every single one was just like the other and every single one sucked and I'm like hmm if you're not liking broccoli don't keep eating broccoli If you're allergic to peanuts, don't eat peanuts. Like <laughs> it's not it's not that hard. You're making yeah. me hungry, Sarah. I'm sorry. I after love broccoli. What, after four, after that retreat where we ate like so much food, I'm going on a little bit of a detox. <laughs> yes. So yes. Um, so to all of you guys out there, like you get to create your own plate. You know, the meal is yours and you get to bring in what you want. And the number one way to do that is to really spend time with yourself first to figure out what your needs are and what your wants are and your desires. So that's beautiful. I love it. Love it. Love it. Is there anything else that you would like to add? What would you like these listeners to hear? Hmm. We've covered a lot, but is there anything else that we have not that you would like to say? I would just say, which is also advice to myself, Mm -hmm. don't rush the healing process and don't be attached to any sort of timeline Mm. because everyone's healing journey is different, right? Like when you're going to be ready to date again. Do you remember? I don't know if you did this. A lot of people are like, I want to be married by this age, like by 30 and I want to have kids by this age. And so (sighs) once you get out of the relationship, you're like, oh no, I'm starting again. 
that like, don't see that as a bad thing. See that as a good thing, an exciting thing. I know it might, if you're really in it right now, you might be like, okay, you're crazy. It's not a good thing. But over time, I promise you, you're going to look back and be like, ah, this is why it happened. Mm -hmm. So don't, don't rush your process. Don't come up with some arbitrary timeline. Like everything is going to unfold. You just get to trust that everything is happening for you and not to you. It's so beautiful. Uh, somebody in our retreat had the shirt and maybe it was even you that said um, the journey is, or the destination is the journey. The journey is the destination. That was my shirt. Yeah. Yeah. It was so cool. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. The journey is the destination. Thank you. The destination. Okay. Yeah. Flip, flip that one around. Um, it's so true. It's so true. Don't rush anything. Live in the present moment. Enjoy. Yeah. Even in, even in the the hardest times, there are, there are moments of gratitude and that's what we need to actually continuously look at and hold on to. Yeah. So we are grateful that all of you have been here listening to this. Um, Asia, can you please do us a favor and let us know, how do we find you? Absolutely. Especially like with you and your travel schedule, she's all over the place. How do we find you? How do we follow you? Um, my, I'm always on Instagram. So that would be the first place to go. It's at Asia Dawn, D-A-W-N underscore. That's my middle name. So I go by Asia Dawn on all the places. Um, also on my website, asiadawn.co.co. And I will also leave some links too for people, um, especially like from my old travel blog where I talk about, you know, my divorce and everything. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll put all that under the in the in the show notes. You guys can take a look at them and um, definitely follow her and uh, watch her stories. They're always fun to they're always fun to see and be a part of. So thank you for being here. I really appreciate this. Um, I know that you're a busy woman doing all of the things. So I really appreciate you sharing your story and having this powerful conversation with me uh, for all the listeners to hear. Thank you so much for having me, Sarah. I am so grateful for you and the fact that we were brought into each other's lives this year and connected. And I just love you so much. Me too. Thank you. I also love you. All right. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Thanks. You too. Thanks. Friends, thank you for listening to the Live Boldly podcast. I am grateful to have you here and I would love to invite you over to sarahschultoncrans.com to grab my free seven steps to a joy-filled life. I share these seven steps from my own heart, soul, and experience. These steps transformed my own life from victim to survivor. Also, please, let's all be a ripple effect of change in today's world. I ask of you to please share this podcast with others that may need to be inspired or who need to hear from others going through where they are right now. To grow this podcast, please leave an iTunes review, go to my Instagram or Facebook page, and let me know what you think. I love hearing from each and one of you. I love sharing your thoughts, messages, and inspiring words. Because we are not alone in this world, friends. Let's keep the ripple moving. It begins with each one of us. I love you and have a great remainder of your day. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. 
With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.